Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Greetings. St. Patrick, it's good to have you. Thank you. And, of course, Ziggy Rodriguez, St. Ziggy. Oh, yes. That's, <laughs> well, I, was, I can't say that's me. When the patron saint of stardust. Yes, yes. That's who I was baptized under. Yes. St. Ziggy. That's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad to have you guys here with us. We are gonna we're gonna talk about uh, the uh, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. That's the parable that's happening at the same time this show is being broadcast. Mm-hmm. Did you know? And, did you notice there was no segue there, Ziggy? No, I'm giving up you on segue. Just segues. jumped right in. This is a segue free zone. <laughs> we suddenly found ourselves inside a vineyard. There, there you go. go. <laughs> like that. We're in the vineyard. Yes. Well, okay, so the the Catholic Cafe is now serving wine. <laughs> Speaking of wine, you know, yes. it's made in vineyards. So, you know, we got these workers in the vineyard. How's that? Does that make you happy? <laughs> I like that. Thank you. Thank you. That's much better. We didn't get our liquor license, so we don't have any wine. Although Tom's got it's a flask. It's BYOB. Tom, yeah, Tom's got a flask. He, he chooses go. up that coffee <laughs> just a up. little bit, just to take the edge off. That's, Nothing that's bad. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, so let's talk about that gospel, because it's an interesting gospel. I mean, we've, we've all heard this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not too terribly long, but it's like we've heard the story over and over again, um, and it's just got some interesting aspects. I thought we'd kind of like sort of expand on or expound on those. And it goes first of all, it's uh, Matthew chapter twenty, it's the beginning of chapter uh, twenty, all the way through verse sixteen. Jesus told his disciples this parable: The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You two go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You two go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the, land, the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more. But each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. So this is an interesting gospel. and it's So, real quick. Uh, just a little survey between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 is what are you used to hearing preached about in this particular gospel? Well, for me, uh, the thing that's not what ex- you would preach about, not what I would preach about. Yeah, what oh, do you okay. usually hear? What do people usually talk about? Oh, the fact that it's with you, you know, no matter no matter how uh, short of a time it was that you were living out the faith, even if it's a deathbed confession, right. you you still. 
uh, get admitted into heaven. Right. What about you, Tom? Yeah, and if you're one of those first guys, just mind your own business. See, you guys both, you spoke the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and those it, it points out an interesting sort of dichotomy or or a, a twofold nature or maybe a double edged sword of scripture here that there's two really big huge points so you could hear a homily this weekend uh, talking about uh, bringing hope to somebody um, no matter what we'll say time of day but time of their spiritual life where they are in their actual life mm-hmm. uh, on their deathbed perhaps. Right, and they'll receive what the do, usual daily wage is. Right, it, 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 it's heaven, and so they would uh, that would bring hope to people who hear this gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not too late. I mean, you can you can it's do never it. Too late. It's never too late. Right, no matter what time of day or what point you are in your life, it's never too late. That's a that's good news, right? And then there's that other side, you know, the darker side that Tom is used to. <laughs> What he hears all the time, and that is like the, the, the concept. And I'm picking on you, Tom, but that's that's the concept of that's what I'm well, what Jesus talks about when he's telling this parable about envy, mm-hmm. right? The, the 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 workers that worked all day, and so they expected more because it's like, well, he got this. Well, why don't I get more? You know, and so it's just it's an interesting perspective, and I don't know what you're going to hear a homily on. Uh, this weekend, as as our our avid listeners here, but there's a lot of points I think we can bring out mm-hmm. in this particular thing. You know, one time I had a heard a homily from a priest. He was he was a foreigner, and uh, you know he he opened his homily with this question. He said, "Was it fair? Was it fair what happened?" He said this with a thick accent. What uh, you know the, these these workers who you know who were received the same wage as everybody else was that fair and uh people were just kind of nodding their heads and shrugging they didn't really know how to respond and he says ha ha trick question and then he moved on (laughs) (laughs) i thought you know he never actually expounded on it and I, i went and i prayed about it later and I had the catechism with me, actually, when I prayed about it. And I, I felt God calling me to check out what the Catholic catechism said about justice. And it said, and it talks about <laughs> your duty to God and to others. And I was like, wait a second. There's something that isn't listed, which is ourselves, right? And I'm not saying that God doesn't care about self-care and doesn't care about us, you know, uh, you know, looking after ourselves and our own needs. But what I am saying in matters of justice, the way that it's stated in the catechism, it's, it's the duty to others and to God. And so if we're sitting here uh, preoccupied with what is owed us and our own sense of self-entitlement mm-hmm. and placing that, ha- having that affect how we look what others are receiving, something's probably fundamentally wrong. Right. Now, honestly... Um, that the weight of the story of this parable, it's really 50-50. The first 50% is definitely this, you know, all the different workers in the vineyard and the various stages they came in and what they got paid, right? And the second 50% is about this envious thing. And so here's the thing. It's like they're both important. <laughs> and And I think by virtue of the fact that as Jesus is telling this parable, he actually says that the landowner says... Let's call up the ones who were the late, who showed up last. Let's let's get them up first, and then of course this uh, this obvious statement at the end. Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last, because that's also another aspect in all this that the least among us 
right? We'll get we'll we'll be first. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know? That's, I've never thought about it from that perspective. That if he first was paying the 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 guys who showed up first, and he paid them their full day's wage. And they walked off. They'd never know. They'd never know. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be nearly as obvious that striking choice that was made by the landowner to give the... the, the right. It's interesting. It's mm-hmm. very demonstrative of what we're... And that's why there's so many aspects of this uh, parable that, that you know you can spend um, a lot of time now. We only have <laughs> a half hour uh, to talk about it as we're doing here. But uh, I just... I think it's uh, it's it's incumbent upon us to look at where where we picture ourselves in this particular parable i mean are we are we someone who's i mean you talked about social doctrine and and justice uh a little bit sam i mean are we are we well wishers are are we people that would would receive the we worked all day You're right right we go to mass every sunday we're in that group of people that are supposed to be good catholics and we've already doing this stuff and and we have to be careful because we're going to spend our entire lives trying to do our best and do our part and go to Mass and go to confession and receive the Eucharist, all the different sacraments and, and, and preach the gospel and, and, and give to the poor and do all these things. And then that guy, you know, that heck raiser, I can say hell on the air, can I? Because it's, I mean, it's a teaching of the, of the, of the gospel, right? Sure. So, so this person that lives their life in, in that way, right, I have to be aware that if they have a conversion in their latter years, in their latter moments, right? And they have the wherewithal to, to have a priest there to administer the sacraments to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, am I going to be the person to say, we want another one for the kingdom? Took a while, but we got him, mm-hmm. right? Or am I going to be, hey, I better get a better seat in heaven than that guy, so a couple of things come to mind. First, and this is a, I heard a priest, Father James Shea, once say in a homily that he was it was a it was a reflection on, at Easter time, and he's in reflection specifically on Holy Saturday, and he said we must approach the empty tomb with the same reverence that we would approach. I'm sorry, we should approach any sinner who's who's living out this abject sinful life with the same degree of reverence that we would approach the empty tomb i.e. having reverence for the fact that Jesus himself is waiting to be resurrected in every single person because the call to holiness is universal. Right. And, th- and that's the question that makes that, that I, I have to ask myself. Right. Would I be willing to accept that last-minute Larry? Right. right? Am, am I going to be okay with that? Well, last minute, Larry still has to go through purgatory. So there is something that you know our separated brothers and sisters. You are might, so judgmental. They might. Well, no, but I mean, he, he <laughs> probably does. And our separated brothers and sisters will not have that same perspective on on this question that Catholics will. That mm-hmm. you know, you can live your purgatory on in, on Earth or afterlife or you know half and half or whatever else. So there's that factor. Well, so so someone who might have a problem with the guy that comes in at the end, right? So that we can will be consoled by the fact that well, they're probably going to suffer a lot. <laughs> well, no, 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 but I mean, the point that is, does not sound good. No, Sam. no, no, no. But I'm saying, but the, 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 I'm saying the reality in the economy of grace is is that nobody has just sort of a fast pass to heaven in the grand scheme of things within the Catholic framework. Well, except for the thief, on the good thief on the cross. Sure, but we don't know whether or not... Well, yeah, because he yeah, did say today. This day. You know, this day. <laughs> he that's had a hall true. pass signed by Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but the only other thing I would say is this, and this is when I was praying once about envy, 
that God put on my heart that the choice against envy, when we make a choice against envy, when it starts rearing its ugly head within us, what we're actually, we have an opportunity there to participate in God's providence. You know, whether it's, it has to do with, you know, last minute Larry getting salvation, or it has to do with there's everyday envy of how did that guy get this really fancy car, or this yeah. fancy house, or yeah. this fancy job? I could do that job better. I deserve that job, and he doesn't. If we go, make the choice against envy, then at that point we can give, in a way, that job to that person along with God out of love for that person, or at least give God the grace to help us join in union with the with, the, you, with you, our heavenly Father's you talk, heart. You talk about transformation and courage, and uh, that that right there is that's hard. That's going to be hard to do. That's going to be a oh, challenge. It's impossible except for with grace. Yeah, and so that's what we pray for, mm-hmm. right? We we want to pray for that. We want to pray that God would transform us so that we can see. The great gift and value and blessing of the person that comes to Jesus, regardless of what what time of their life right. they're in, right? Because if we don't do that, then we we, you know, this is where it says that the first will be last, because Jesus is pointing out to us that what we need to be cautious of is that envy will be our our demise. Mm-hmm. We will have spent our entire life laboring in the hard hot sun. And then we throw it all away at the end because we couldn't accept someone else that didn't get the message soon enough. Mm. And so that envy can actually pull us down. And that's that's what that, you know, the last shall be first. They're going to heaven and you're not if you keep this attitude. I mean, I know the gospel doesn't keep going on. The parable doesn't keep going on. But I would see the landowner saying, look, take your money and go. But let me just give you a few words here. If you don't cure that little envy problem you've got. If you don't realize the great gift and the grace, as Sam, you've pointed out, that we can share with the other person that last minute Larry that showed up, right? If you don't, then it's going to be your demise. That's it's going to be a weight, share. right? It's going to be a weight that actually mm-hmm. pulls you under, right? Yeah. You'll drown in your own envy, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. But a good place to be is uh, at our midway break. Hey! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a break, but before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Instagram and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is the understatement of the millennia to say that the very early church proved to be difficult and trying times for believers in the Lord Jesus. Not only were they considered outcast by the Jews of their day, but Rome had obviously set her sights on the fledgling church as well. In fact, even while many of the original twelve apostles were still alive, countless Christians were being martyred by the Roman authorities for their newfound faith in Christ and His Church. One of the worst enemies of the early church was Emperor Nero. The year 64 AD proved to be the height of his persecutions of Christians. This is a year that Rome burned, and two-thirds of the Eternal City lay in ruins. It is said that Nero might have set the fires intentionally so that he could rebuild the city as he saw fit, or that he simply wanted to create a reason to gain support from the Roman citizens for his persecution of the church. 
But regardless of why the fires were started, Nero needed a scapegoat, and he blamed the early Christians. He soon began a bloody rampage of persecution, torture, and death, the likes of which had never been seen in Rome. Many non-Christian ancient historians have documented the unusually gruesome deaths that were perpetrated on these early faithful. Many were crucified, many dressed in animal skins and thrown to wild beasts for entertainment, and tradition tells us that some were even used as human torches to light the streets of Rome. Regardless of the means of death, the Church fondly remembers each of these first martyrs. Called the proto-martyrs of Rome, their steadfast love of Christ, even in the face of a cruel death, would stand as a shining example for Christians for nearly 2,000 years. While Nero's goal was to supplant the Christian movement and stifle the growth of the Church, his actions ended up backfiring. The proto-martyrs showed that they were ready and willing to share in the suffering, death, and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. This served only to inspire and motivate the persecuted Christians. In fact, the more the Church was persecuted, the more it grew. No one knows the exact number of martyrs who paid the ultimate price for their faith at this time in history, but their gift of witness has made a lasting impact on the people of God. The Catholic Church has dedicated a site in Vatican City in their honor, the Piazza of the Proto-Martyrs. Their feast day, celebrated by the Church Universal, is June 30th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in Church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez and also Patrick. Yes. Dorian. Yes. Pat St. Patrick. Very rarely called that, but I like it. You like it? I do. Thank All you. All right. Well, good. And so uh, we're talking about last-minute Larry's getting into heaven. <laughs> we're talking about the workers in the vineyard and uh, that story. And there's got so many aspects. We talked about the fact that the this two-edged sword of Scripture cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. Right? And one way... It, it cuts you at the knees if you are filled with envy and concern about what your neighbor's making and making sure you get yours, right? It, it just cuts you right down and says, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And then the other way it cuts is it actually cuts away all of the, the burdens. It cuts away the entanglements. It cuts away the world and allows you into heaven, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, there's a positive cut, you know, and then there's a, a, a negative, I guess you could say, cut in, in this scripture. And that's what's so powerful about scripture. There's so much richness uh, in, in all of this. And I think that it will do as well not to just listen to this as another story, mm-hmm. right? And to realize that there's just a lot to be said here. Um, we talked a little bit about purgatory. We, we didn't talk much about it. I guess we just mentioned it. Uh, and it, it is important to, to understand that, like, even in a last minute Larry situation, you know, all of us have to realize that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of purification that's required. I mean, Scripture specifically says nothing unclean shall enter heaven. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, I got a lot of stains and a lot of dirt and a lot of scabs and scars, spiritual and otherwise, that I that I'm hoping to take with me to the gates of heaven. And, and the only way to get in there, I mean, is, up. is to be is to be purified. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I, 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 I think that I, I, I like the fact that you pointed out, Sam, that um, there is no get out of jail free card in the sense that 
there there is some stuff that goes on. There's there's something to think about uh, in terms of how we live our life. And so if we're going to be envious of someone, just realize that the last minute Larry's probably got a lot of stuff bottled up. Yeah, because I mean, even if, even if someone says, aha, what if they also have a plenary indulgence in the last moment? Well, you know, if you look at what is required of a plenary indulgence, it includes uh, no uh, no interior uh, attachment, attachment to sin. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of a big one. That's a big It really is. You know, if you look at that, uh, the enkidrian of indulgences goes through all the, 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 the stuff. And it's like, it's not like you don't just pop in there and grab you an indulgence. You know, right. you just, it's just, it's, there's some serious... I mean, it, it's always about conversion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And so in this situation, conversion. And some are going to... It's going to be some some hard work. But that would... that's Speaking of you guys wanting segues so uh, desperately, uh, hard work. Let's talk about work right, and how to work our way into heaven. I would imagine that some mm. of those, uh, those envious types, you know, in the parable, are thinking, we have earned... Right. And we have Great worked point. our way to this reward. Right. Great right? point. And then the other guy didn't work at all. Right. Right. So what what say you about faith and works, Sam? Well, I think that, uh, you know, our faith ultimately is it's an incarnational faith. And the reason that faith without works is dead is because when Christ enters our heart, you know, and gives us the blessings of the Holy Spirit... He's, he's desiring to work within us, to transform us, and work through us that we might be an extension of him as members of his body, mm-hmm. and that he may love others through us. And that is, is how we are saved through works, which is at, we are letting Jesus in more fully to work through us, and he is purifying us by that just the presence of love burning within our hearts as we give ourselves to others it's actually christ within us giving himself within us that's allowing us to give ourselves to others and the fact of the matter is that is the recipe for a beautiful life that is a recipe for truth beauty and goodness to be unleashed you know that's something to be thankful for if somebody lived a life completely far away from god and and only at the last minute had a conversion. They missed out on the beauty that is made possible only by Christ incarnating Himself. You know what? You. Think, think of uh, the situations where you have a reconciliation in a family. You think about a father that's been distant for years and years and years. How many birthday parties did he miss? How, how many opportunities did he miss to to bond with his kids? And 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 you you realize like at the end, maybe everything's happy. You know, and finally, you know, uh, you know, he's back in the in the family, and and things seem really like the, the reality is he missed out on a lot. Oh yeah, right. And so in this situation, I love, uh, you know, um, uh, Ephesians chapter two verse ten says that we were actually created for good works. I mean, that's that's we were created in God's workmanship. We were created for good works, meaning that's the the faith without work that works is dead because we were created to do works. Doesn't mean we're working our way to heaven, but doing good works. I mean, that's why we were created, or how we were created in Christ Jesus. In uh, you know, for good works. That means if we don't do them, then we're not going to heaven. Right. Right. So I know that it, it, it confounds people with the faith versus works discussion, but it's like again, 
the the two-edged sword but the two ways of seeing things um, you know it's faith and works well we're never the end point of God's love God loves us yes but he loves us partly to love through us to others Mm -hmm. and I think that the people in the story in the parable who are getting caught up of whoa 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 what about last minute Larry they're making the mistake of thinking of themselves as an endpoint of God's love and not seeing that God also is there to love through that person, through Last Minute Larry. And you know what? Last Minute Larry missed out on the opportunity to have Christ incarnated within his life during this earthly sojourn. But after he goes through purgatory and he enters the church triumphant in heaven, he'll have a beautiful ministry interceding for the church militant yeah. and the church suffering as a, as a saint in heaven. He may have a, a seat way in the back, though. Like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't write in. <laughs> so here's the thing. Where are you in this parable? That's the question we have to ask ourselves as we as we hear these words uh, this weekend. But as we ponder upon this, Sam does such a good job with praying. He's always got, like, the catechism. He falls asleep in his bed at night with the catechism <laughs> opened up on his chest, you know, so that at any moment he can open it up and look and see what the catechism says about something. I think that's beautiful. Tom sleeps with the scriptures on, his, on his hair, you know, and it's like somehow, I don't know how that works, but uh, but anyway, it's Osmosis. like, we, we, as we ponder this, we need to ponder what does God have in store for us? Where are we in this story? Are we envious? Do we worry more about what other people are doing? What other people are in? Are we worried about who we are? Who we are in God's sight, uh, in God's eyes? Do we relish in the fact that we were created um, incarnationally for good works? Is that who we are? Or are, or are we the last minute Larry? Are we putting off deciding or do we know last minute layers are we encouraging those people to help them to know that there that there's a home for them and it, and a home eternal not just like happiness today but 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 an eternal home and that's where we need to be uh and and realize that while this gospel um you know it teaches us about hope versus envy uh and and they're diametrically opposed uh, it teaches us the last will be first and the first shall be last. But at the same time, it really it teaches each of us uh, to to ponder and decide who are we, whose are we, what are we doing with our lives, where are we going, uh, and and are we are we ready to get there as soon as humanly possible? Amen. 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 Well, let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us as we ponder this great journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Last minute, Larry, pray for us. (laughs) Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.